Hey, I'm Anne McGuire. And this is Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a bit of pop culture that was important to them when they were young. Our guest today is the Queen of Patreon and the host of How to Be Sound and Not Without My Sister. It's Rosemary McCabe. Welcome Hi. to the show. Thanks for having me. We are delighted to have you. You have a super niche, but also a super famous topic. It's a really weird one because we've done Star Wars, but we haven't done the Ewoks. The Ewoks. We actually didn't mention them at all on our Star Wars episode, so this is exciting. Well, you know what? I didn't realize until I was maybe 25 that people actually hated the Ewoks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I didn't realize. And I mean, I also didn't see... I'm sure I had seen the original trilogy as a child. Mm-hmm. But as I grew up, I got to about 20 and I realized I had no recollection of it and I hadn't seen it again. So I felt like I've never really seen Star Wars, even though I am obsessed with Star Wars in theory and also obsessed with the Ewoks. Like, hardcore. But I couldn't remember any of the original movies and I didn't really care about the, the next, about the, the prequels. Yep. Although you I have might- since... yeah. I've, I've since got into, like, I've since watched them all several times and I really enjoy the new ones. I'm still like the prequels, whatever. Yeah. Mm. So but the Ewoks are still the most important part. You could be unique in that, in your Star Wars fandom. Uh, so tell us how you came to the Ewoks, in Ireland especially. So, yeah. Yeah, so I actually have no idea, but in mm. my house we had uh, a Betamax player and several Betamax tapes. Uh, for anybody listening who doesn't know what I'm talking about, Betamax was the precursor to VHS. That's how old I am. Or, well, actually, m- more. That's how old my parents were. And my dad used to, my dad worked for IBM and considered himself very forward thinking when it came to tech. But when it came to new tech, he was frequently really, really cynical. So something new would come out and he'd be like, that's never going to catch on. Like MP3s, he was like, that's never, we're, the, people are never going to get into MP3s. We're sticking my, with the mini disc player. My brother famously championed the mini disc player for just slightly too long. And it was like, it's not actually happening anymore, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Stop trying to make mini disc happen. Like, let it go. But my dad basically, I think, thought that Betamax was far superior to VHS. So we had a Betamax player for much longer than we should have because he was like, VHS is never going to catch on. So we had two Betamax tapes, the Ewoks, Battle for Endor, and the Ewoks, Caravan of Courage. And then we also had like, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe recorded off the BBC. Mm-hmm. But like, those were what I grew up with. I don't, I don't think we ever even had the Star Wars movies at home. But we had the Ewoks that I watched, particularly Caravan of Courage, over and over and over and over again. That is the first one of the two, is it? And yes. And the other one is, is, the, is the sequel. Yeah, and you know what? I actually haven't seen them in a couple of years because I bought the DVDs maybe about 10 years ago and then foolishly lent them to someone someone I can't remember and someone who never gave them back. Oh, no. So, and okay. now they're really, really hard to get. Like they seem mm. to kind of cycle through phases. Like they'll re-release them for an anniversary. And now at the moment, I think you can pay something like a hundred dollars to buy a DVD, which I'm not really bothered. And it's really hard to find it. Like it's not streaming anywhere. It's not on Disney no, Plus. It was on Amazon Prime until December, but now it's gone. Yeah. Oh, so I think yeah. it might be on, on Netflix in some regions, but not, not here, not in Ireland. Oh, yeah. well, I mean, then I could use my VPN and watch it again. But you know what the thing is as well? I, I, I watched it, when I bought the DVDs, I remember making several friends watch it. And I was like, I loved this movie when I was growing up. It's so great, like, Caravan of Courage. Hmm. And it's really, really bad. <laughs> like, it's literally just like, they were left with all these costumes and kind of creatures and they had like a set left over 
And Warwick Davis was, I mean, Warwick Davis seems very, he's in it as, as Wicket, I think, one of the main Ewoks. Warwick Davis seems to be very agreeable to like starring in these things. So mm. Warwick Davis was on board and they went, why not make use of all the shit that we have? But it's very clunky. The budget must have been really low. Like it's very, it's kind of like if you imagine the Dark Crystal, except nobody really knows how to, how to puppeteer. So it's very like <laughs> creatures kind of bobbing or, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. very poor. It was, um, so it was made for TV in America. So it had yes. a much smaller budget. And apparently, according to Wikipedia, it was like one of the last stop motion films Industrial Light and Magic did because well, they couldn't totally afford yeah. the proper CGI they were starting to do elsewhere. Yes. So it really and, was and like it a last gasp. Like, yeah. Yeah. It does look like more stop than motion, to be honest. <laughs> like one, one, in a lot of, in a lot of moments. Won an Emmy for, um, for, uh, special effects or something. I think it might be the second one won, won an Emmy. And I was like, oh. oh, of course. Of course it's the one that I like less. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I like the like supremely crap one. Um, but so, it basically yeah. follows this, this human family who, whose spaceship crashes on Endor, which is the moon that the, that, that the Ewoks live on. And the son and daughter, Mace and Sindel, are separated from their parents and then have to try and find their parents. And... The whole thing is, right, that I was particularly obsessed with. They all wear these little bracelets that, ha- that show which of their family members is alive, right? So there's a light. It's so grim. There's a light for each other family member. So they can see, like, mom and dad are alive and they're here somewhere, you know what I mean? So they're then trying to find mom and dad. And of course, at some point, dad's bracelet gets whipped off him. Dad's light goes off and the kids are like, no, dad! Just <laughs> I mean, because so the grim. was removed from him, you think that yes. there would be some yeah. kind of like every time he goes for a shower, they think measure. he's died. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I really like. I strongly believe that these bracelets were the were the inspiration for Fitbit, and I've thought this for a long time because the very first the very first generation Fitbit looked really like these bracelets from Caravan of Courage. Did you get really except for obviously it didn't tell you who was alive and who wasn't. It tells you how close you are to death, essentially. So it's 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 this beginning. It's a start. Yeah, I actually remember like total segue, but I remember going to a Fitbit event once and they were telling us that one time a man was wearing his Fitbit and noticed that his heart rate was like really, really raised and he ended up going to the ER and he was having a heart attack because the Fitbit saved his life. Oh. Well they That's a good marketing spiel. Yeah. But yeah. apparently um, Fitbits, now I don't know if I heard this in some kind of fictional television program, it's very likely, but I think that um, Fitbit data is helping to, in, like, in crime cases, to narrow down the, the time that a person, like the time of death of like a murder case or something, because they can just go into their Fitbit data and be like, well, here's where his heart stopped. So yeah. time of death probably around now, uh, which hmm. is really interesting. Oh, yeah, but you're really relying on your murder victims being Fitbit wearers, aren't you? Yes, you are. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't mm. wear which. I like to, I'll, I'll keep an air of mystery when I get murdered. Thank you very that much. That does make you more likely to be a murder victim, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I'm, fast, I'm not fit, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what, um, what, what yeah. happens, so one of the main criticism I've seen online about these films is that they're very, they feel very long and not much really happens. There's not a whole lot of plot. It's just kind of people moving around with the Ewoks. Is that, is that the case? Yeah. So in Caravan of Courage, right, a lot of the action takes place 
on the road, on the way to rescue dad from, I think, the Gorax or Gorax, this big monster thing that has him in a cage. Uh, which is kind of funny as well. It's, it's kind of like that scene in Hocus Pocus where the witches have the two teenagers in the cage and you're like, they totally deserve that. Except for yes. the dad didn't do anything, but it's still fun. Maybe that's like my absolute, the pinnacle of my misandry. That I just love a man in a cage. But um, <laughs> they, yeah, so they go off to rescue dad and a lot of the action takes place on the road. But it's just, you know what I loved it? They're so cute. Ewoks are so cute. And there's a whole scene. They're hang gliding at one stage, all of them. Like just gaily hang gliding around this little hill. It's so like, there's nothing that cheers the heart more than to see a tiny Ewok hang gliding. And then there's a really cute bit where, and this, this always stuck with me, where the kids are trying to explain to the Ewok what happened to their spaceship. And they're basically teaching the Ewoks English. <laughs> like, so the spaceship crashed and the Ewok's like, Krish! it's so cute. So I just have these visions of like, and I really wanted an Ewok. I think at one stage I had an Ewok backpack and I had Ewok bed covers and I still have the pillowcase, um, although it's seen better days. Um, and it's just like, I, I mean, it was also at that point in childhood where I didn't really care about plot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. like as a kid, I think sometimes when, when, when we read reviews of films by adult men and women, they often kind of level their own expectations at a movie that it's going to be fast moving or that it's mm. going to be engaging in a very adult and mature way. When obviously a lot of films are just made for kids and this film mm. felt like a film that was made for kids where there was action and there was a spaceship that crashed and then there were really, really cute creatures and they were there the whole time being super, super cute. And, and then, the kids like, are heroes as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the kids are here and they're also trying to find their mom and dad, which is such a relatable thing for kids. You know, like we all as kids have been in the supermarket and been like, oh, mom, like, I don't know where I am. Mom left me. You know what I mean? So it's just this really, it just felt like a very childhood moment that like if you can somehow watch these movies and forget that you're grown which actually mm. I maybe I find easy that might be one of my problems like it's really really enjoyable if you can just go I'm a kid and these are super cute creatures and like I can watch this while I'm I mean my favorite genre of movie a movie I can watch while I'm playing Candy Crush on my phone like I can watch this while I'm playing game on my phone I'm not going to miss anything but it's just so cute and ridiculous and like, I have also always loved the Ewoks. So any, like any chance of an Ewok appearance in a Star Wars film, I'm so excited by, which is not the usual Star Wars fan reaction to an Ewok appearance. But it there does are, make it yeah. really nice because I'm always hoping they're going to come around the corner. Have they're they kind of on the level of like Jar Jar. Sorry, Andrea. Oh, sorry. Um, have they ever appeared again in any other, apart from the third, the, th- the third film they were in originally, wasn't it? They're in the front of the Jedi, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, were in, they were in Return of the Jedi, and a very crucial, a very crucial part of Return of the Jedi. They yeah. reappeared in the Rise of Skywalker, um, oh, okay. at like spoiler alert for, uh, is it is it the Rise of Skywalker? The the most recent one is the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, yes, right? yeah. So spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it, um, at the very end when everyone comes together to help the Resistance, you get a shot of an Ewok in a in a plane. Did yes, you, you do. Lose your mind. Oh my God, I was so excited. But I was also annoyed because I knew like, that's the problem with watching things on, I actually watched it on Disney Plus. The problem with watching things is, is it once you pause to go to the bathroom, you can see how long is left. And I was like, these Ewoks are not going to get enough time. They need more. 
<laughs> so it was like bittersweet. I was happy, but I was also disappointed. Mm. It's, def- it's an, an unusual film because didn't George Lucas co-write it with his children's nanny, the story for it, is what oh you told me today. You're, that's really the idea for a you're, you're expecting me to have gone so deep into this film that I just love. <laughs> and, I, and I also like, I'm not here for analysis or like slagging. Maybe the nanny was like very smart and into sci-fi. Very possible. Very possible. Okay, I, I mean, so. I, I, I honestly think that George Lucas was like, it's, it's that kind of thing. Like I always feel like rich people, once you start making money, that's all you want to do. Mm. And I think he was like, obviously either walking through the warehouse one day and was like, oh, what can we do with all this shit? You know what I mean? That's left over from Return mm. of the Jedi. Mm. And so it's totally plausible to me that he wrote the plot with the kid's nanny. And also I can imagine a grown man who has written these sci-fi movies that are like incredibly popular with, you know, teens and adults would suddenly be like, hmm, who would know what kids like? The nanny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. That totally makes sense to me. I know someone who's always around kids. I'll just go ask her. She'll, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. She'll have some ideas. Mm. Yeah. In, so the second one um, begins with a bit of a, a bit of a shock in that everybody in the family dies except the little girl and then it's her journey is oh yeah now so you know the problem is i do barely remember the second one right and okay when we when we started chatting about doing the podcast i was like oh my god i have to I have to rewatch them and that's how i discovered you cannot rewatch them yeah i was like it's, it's, it's impossible to find them yeah so that has just come back to me now yeah Stindel. but uh, you know it's funny i looked up the actors um before we started and I was like, oh my God, they must like, you know, surely child actors, they went on to do great things. No, they're literally known for Ewoks, Caravan of Courage, Ewoks, Battle for Endor. The boy in Caravan of Courage, it's, what's his name again? Mace. Uh, he's like the spit of Mark Hamill. It's like they cast him literally to be... Isn't he? Baby Mark Hamill. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, yeah, the image of him. They were obviously like, you know who's popular? Mark Hamill. Like, you know who's cute? Ewoks. <laughs> yeah. And it like, does. No yeah. offense to him, he's a child, but do you know who can't act? This guy. Like, <laughs> awful. I was sorry. watching clips of him and he's so Excuse me. Awful. Do you know who also can't act? Mark Hamill. Well, true. Yeah, very true. Uh, the kids, they're... Sorry, they're, I'm, I'm they're so, so defensive. So I'm no, like, that kid, he's fine. Mark Hamill can't act either. I, I love a, a, a kid who is just trying their best and it, that usually passes over it like the harder mm. they try the worse they are at it I and i find it so endearing and so sweet and i was watching clips of the second one of um Sindel, is it yeah and it's like she's she's looking and just waiting until the line is over and then she's like here we go it's my line it's my line i'm doing it <laughs> i'm i'm absolutely nailing this whole acting thing it's very sweet but oh god like it poor kids but god, i mean the- love them like, the thing is, regardless of what Wikipedia says or the plot lines, those movies are about the Ewoks. Yeah. They're not about mm. those kids. Mm. Like, like, those kids are, like, like, crackers are the vessel to get cheese into your mouth. Those kids are the vessel to get Ewoks into your eyes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they felt like they had to add a human story because the Ewoks didn't speak English as well. And, but it's all about the Ewoks. And they're little cute running. Are the Ewoks still cute? Because I was watching Return of the Jedi this morning and they seemed slightly, like, they're about half and half horrific and cute. <laughs> yeah, so there is. It really depends on the individual Ewok. Like, like humans, I guess. 
So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Not all not all Ewoks are created equal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they were very cute before we had actual cute things. Like, you know, in the eighties. You know what else was cute in the eighties, right? And uh, like, this is the best way for me to explain it. Uh, what was his name? Ludo from Labyrinth. Yes. Right. The mm-hmm. giant orange thing, who has the big ears and is like a bumbling idiot, but is like really cute. And now when you look at him, he's a bit horrifying. So I think in the 80s, we were so unused to having pure cute things that we had these like kind of cute, they all looked a little bit like they'd been like slightly melted in a fire or like slightly like they'd seen too much. The Ewoks have these like very big eyes that can look a bit, there's a meme that springs to mind of like, that basically looks like some kind of like filthy burnt dog with these huge eyes. Like, like they do kind of have that horrifying look about them that if they jumped out from under your bed, you'd be totally freaked. Mm. But at the time, they were so cute. You know what I mean? Because we didn't have super cute things. So like, are they still cute now? To me, yes. But I, I mean, it would be an interesting experiment to try and show Caravan of Courage to kids. But also, kids are assholes now. So they'd just be like, this is Mill. I can see the strings. Be like, suspend disbelief. <laughs> I think that's so interesting, actually. I, I hadn't really thought about how what we consider to be cute having changed that much. But you're totally right, because when, when you're a kid and you watch something like Labyrinth, even me as a kid in the 90s watching those things, I, I, I can't imagine a child now looking at an Ewok and thinking like, oh, because now in the new films, they've got the, the Porgs. Is it? Mm. And BB-8, yeah. yeah. Are, and BB-8, who are, you know, this really leaning into this, like, huge eye, quite, mm-hmm. quite vulnerable creatures, um, and, like, leaning into that vulnerability, whereas the Ewoks are kind of self-sufficient and just yeah. kind of mm. over there, and a little bit, like, like you said, they look like they've seen some shit, um, which I do quite <laughs> like about They look like they've, a whole thing. You, it, like, they look unwashed as well. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 They're all quite matted and stuff. Yeah. And they all also look like they've made their clothes from the discarded fabrics of dead space explorers. You know what I mean? That they've mm. been like scavenging and they've made this jacket out of somebody's like leather trousers. You know what I mean? So everything does look. Because like in Return of the Jedi, they tried to cook Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. That's the, their first instinct is to cook them. <laughs> so. I thought you it's, meant it's, to cook like. Oh, to cook them, to, to sleep like, with Leia, yeah. Like <laughs> they do take to Leia quite nice. But no, um, they, do, they do like string them up on a, on a spit is their first I mean, instinct with humans. So it's, it's good they didn't try to cook the children, I guess, at the start of Caravan of Courage. Maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, like they obviously, obviously legend of the humans had spread through Endor. So they knew what, what, what they were looking at now. Mm. Well, Caravan of Courage takes place before Return of the Jedi. Does it? Yeah, it's in between the uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, both of those films. So, so the just, children are the first human beings that the Ewoks have ever met. Apparently, and they didn't try to cook them. Yeah. So that makes no sense. Maybe they were like, God, those children were so annoying. The next time humans <laughs> come, we're just going to eat them. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe they were like, those children caused us so much trouble. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Just like, tie them up. We had to trek across the entire planet. Like, yeah. fuck them. <laughs> I, I know nothing about this film that I love. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good, because it? It, it was totally... 
I think it's better when it's something is like t- totally yours and the outside world hasn't impinged on your knowledge or enjoyment of it at all. It's completely yes, like, the self-contained thing that's just yours. Because yeah, like, 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 yeah, my obsession with Caravan of Courage was a very pure. Mm, you know yeah. what I mean? It wasn't like no, like like nothing really to do with Star Wars and nothing really to do with what the like nothing to do with anything else. It was just yeah. I just love this movie. And you couldn't like go and on then, message and boards was, and ruin it for yourself or anything, you know? Yeah, and like then I well, like yeah, I couldn't back then. Although it was such a, such an innocent time, I think about now when I first got on the internet because my dad worked in IBM. We had the internet quite early, and when I first went on, I used to use it to go on and read synopses of episodes of Buffy that hadn't yet aired in Ireland. Mm. So they'd be like, "I need to know what's going to happen," and I would read ahead like ten or twelve episodes. But I would also go on and like Google teen, well, like not Google, but search teen girl magazines, and like you wouldn't find anything bad. Mm-hmm. You just mm-hmm. find zines made by teenagers. Do you know what I mean? It was amazing. Yeah. Did but um, but was there any online content about Ewoks at the time? Were you like lo- looking up stuff like that? No, no, no. So like when I was deep into Ewoks, it was like 89, 90, 91, 92. Okay. So like yeah, it, was, it was pre-teen pre girl magazine searching. It was pre, I mean, I probably got the internet when I was like, 15 so like it wasn't that you know it yeah. wasn't right after it had been invented but it was kind of before a lot of other people at my school had it, if you know what i mean mm. um, and did, did you know anybody else when you were a kid who liked ewoks because i imagine it was it was quite a niche thing or were you ewok girl yeah yeah no i mean i don't remember ever talking about it but you know what i think as a kid i was very um kind of self-contained in a way, in my own interests. And then at school and stuff, I think I would just be interested in what everyone else was interested in, in a kind of a strategic way that I'm like, I'm just going to like what they like. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sorry. Sorry, I just uh, clicked out by accident. Um, yeah, I don't remember anybody else being interested in Ewoks. And I also vaguely remember my sister. So she was the only other one who, she was six years older than me. So she was the only other one who was aware of this Ewok obsession, if you know what mm. I mean. And I don't remember her being particularly sportive, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> she was probably like, she is just a pain. I'm like, obsessed with these Ewoks. Mm. But it was probably easy for my parents as well, because like, it was kind of big Star Wars times. So it was probably easy, quite easy to get Ewok merch mm. in a way that it's not anymore, I have discovered. Oh yeah, like if you went to like, a Disney store or anything, there's nothing Ewoky at all. No, no. Yeah. And, it's, and, and like you can find stuff online, but like actually, as you were saying about them now not being that cute, I was looking on eBay recently for Ewok backpacks and they are horrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it literally looks like you've like stolen someone's baby, rolled them in dirt mm-hmm. and then stuffed them in a backpack on your back. Like it looks, they just look terrible. You would not be toting them around. It's because they're life size, I guess. The bag almost. So it does, yeah. the proportions are all correct for an Ewok. Yeah. Whereas like a Chewbacca bag, it's obviously not Chewbacca on your back. So it's fine. Yeah, yeah, good point. So it's kind of miniaturized and it's cute. But I also blame, like, like I think things like Teletubbies, Pokemon, we have reached a kind of a peak cute. You know what I mean? We, we, we've reached this kind of high mm. art level of cute mm. where, of course, people see Ewoks and are like, Ugh, Oh, yeah, like Pokemon and I think like, anime in general have really like redefined what cute means in like the last 10, 15 years. Yeah, or I know Pokemon's older than that, but like mm. definitely as anime became more mainstream over here, it's the big eyes and mm. like pastels and stuff as opposed to little grubby things with snake eyes. 
yeah, yeah. That, but it's yeah. also like maybe Yoda is is essentially a Pokemon. Like mm. he's, he's yeah, the huge eyes to look like a little kind of Pikachu character. Yeah, whereas the like when when you like trace it back to the to the Ewoks, it's it's a completely different kind of cute. It's very strange. Yeah, yeah. But like even even when you trace it back to Yoda, who I always thought was quite cute as well. Now when you see him next to Baby Yoda, you're like he oh, needs yeah. a wax. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, like, baby. He has so much so hair in his ears in Return of the Jedi. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love He's very way. old. He's very, very old. But um, so is so is the child. So is Baby Yoda. Oh, he's is like, he like fifty yeah. or something. I think he's fifty. Oh, 50 yeah, I've watched yeah, Mandalorian, yeah, but yeah, I think he's fifty. Yeah. Are are Ewoks old? Or do they have like a similar lifespan as us? Do they like live to? Um, What's their? I name? mean, so there's a big problem in that they don't speak English, so you don't get. Mm like very thorough information there are definitely children and adults but there's no mention of how old they are so like yeah. children could be 50 like baby yoda yeah but I, I i mean it did feel a bit more like i think there's actually a baby ewok in caravan of courage that, I'm, that is now suddenly coming back to me now there's a lot of babies in return of the jedi in that round baby when they're like yeah. when c3po is like telling them the story of the first two films Oh, there's a lot yeah, of yeah. little, like, like that size Ewoks looking around with, like, huge eyes and stuff. So, yeah. Oh, but, yeah, so there's no sense of how old the old ones are, really. Or, or a sense of, like, yeah. how their sort of society is, like, do, do they marry each other? Like, do they... Um, yeah. So, in, in, Caravan of, like, in Caravan of Courage, it definitely feels like there's a very kind of... Um, pastoral human society you know that there's like couples and kids and they live in their little huts and they're out like farming and like doing whatever and they're very like when these kids arrive and they decide to help them it's it's very it seems very unusual for them like they're definitely not fighters you know what i mean and they're not there like you know dying dying to go into battle and dying to defend someone they're kind of like oh i guess we have to go and do this now Okay. Yeah. You know, I guess we have to help them when we're like really all we used to is farming and hang gliding. Mm. Like they don't seem so prepared. Lovely, yeah. It's, so it's, nice. it's very, very, I mean, I would highly recommend it to anyone. But uh, I mean, I suppose anyone in their 30s who is willing to <laughs> entirely suspend his belief and like take a trip back to their childhood. But I really wouldn't recommend showing it to kids. And I also would, I mean, because I watched it with my friend Liam, who actually produces my podcast. And I remember him being like, this is crap. Mm -hmm. So, and I think I actually watched it with my ex-boyfriend who was also like, this is crap. So I would kind of say, don't watch it with your cynical friends. Yes. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I found a lot of those 80s films, even as a kid watching them, it was always, you're always waiting for like the set pieces. You didn't care about the story at all. And it's a caravan of courage is just set pieces. Yeah. It's yeah, just bits and yeah. bits and bits and stuff. So it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. like, like cute bits, hang gliding, mm. cute bits. Like the, I, I think there's a cute bit where, where, where the Ewoks are trying to get them to like drink soup and the kids are like, Oh, what's this? And then they're like, Oh, it's good. You know, which feels very like, that's a trope that's turned up in so many movies. Like another one of my faves, Stargate. When they're like, eat this. And they're like, Oh, I'm not sure about that. Big Stargate fan. Huge Stargate fan. Also. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Although I, I didn't really like the series, but the movie is amazing. And James Spader was such a ride. Oh, I love the film. I w I've watched every single episode of every kind of Stargate. I absolutely love it. I would recommend SG-1 a lot. It's, oh, it's great. I didn't like the shows. I, just, no. I obviously just get something in my head where I'm like, I only like the movie. That's yeah. it. Fair. Yeah. Um, 
when when you were watching it when you were a kid like was it what was it very much your thing like so you you were saying like you were watching it with cynical friends there don't do that were, were you trying to get your family to watch it were you trying to get other people into it or were you like no this is me saturday morning leave me alone i definitely wasn't trying to get any friends into it because i think at the time as well i definitely thought that like liking sci-fi and stuff was a boy thing in a way that when i became a teenager i was kind of proud of that i was like like i like boy things i'm not a, i'm not a normal girl mm-hmm. but like as a child i think i was like i shouldn't like this so i'm not going to try and get other people into it because this is really a boy thing and they're not going to like it i did i like i i remember i used to watch it with my dad and like my dad even to this day now loves to consume really really crap stuff so like books movies he will like laugh up like uproariously at anything and, and like the stupider it is the more he laughs you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i think i remember enjoying it with him but my sister wasn't my sister was i think obsessed with the mini pops at that point mm. okay and and my mom was always like busy doing shit for the rest of us as we like lolled around watching tv mm-hmm. so i think it was just me and then occasionally my dad mm. so was this like your so you're into this, you're into Stargate. Was this like a, an introduction to sci-fi for you or was it something sci-fi, something you're already interested in or are you even interested in sci-fi or was it just the, those two things? I am interested in sci-fi, but like I also, there are a lot of gaps in my, in my sci-fi lexicon. So mm-hmm. I loved the Ewoks. When I later came to Star Wars, I loved Star Wars. I was very into star trek the next generation but i never really liked any of the rest of them Mm -hmm. um i mean i think probably as a child sci-fi was really a way to bond with my dad yeah like sci-fi and formula one were like things that i could kind of i was never really interested in formula in formula one but i pretended for a while so that i could sit in the couch next to him and watch it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um but sci-fi i think was like like really a way of kind of bonding with my dad um now like i I'm I'm very into crap sci-fi. So like I really enjoyed Jupiter Ascending in a way that I recognize it was terrible, but I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I'm like, I just have a very, I remember talking to somebody once when I was working as a journalist and they were like, would, would you ever like to go into film reviewing? And I was like, no, I would be so crap because I like everything. Mm. So like I go and see Jupiter Ascending and I'm like, that was so much fun. And like, I went to see Solo and I was like, that was so much fun. Mm-hmm. And I remember at the time somebody was like, like, that was so stupid and it was so like basic. And I was like, yeah, but Star Wars originally was like the first three films are like good. Right. And they're entertaining, but they're also just kind of these very innocent capers, yeah. mm-hmm. which I felt Solo was, you know what I mean? Oh, Solo is so much fun. I, it's, I yeah. only watched it a couple of years later, uh, but I watched it like on my own in a cinema. So it was great. Mm-hmm. But like it has Phoebe Waller-Bridge as like a, a robot starting a, ro- a robot yeah. union. It has Donald Glover. Yeah. I went Donald to see Glover Solo stuff, in... You know? um, in 5G. Oh yeah. So you know, so you know, one of those things where like the seat shakes as they're going oh, around the corner. Yeah, and then, like, yeah. That's brilliant fun. That sounds yeah, cool. and then they splash through a puddle and you get splashed. Although I did, oh, like I was always wondering, I was like, what chemicals are in this? Like, is this just water or where is this coming from? Like, do people mm-hmm. clean these pipes with this water's now all over my face? But anyway, yeah. that's just like, you have to just I'm, try and not worry. I'm the same as you, Rosemary. Like I, I, I was kind of thinking for a bit. I was like, maybe because I, I write like book reviews and album reviews and things like that. Yeah. And I'm like, 
I don't, I'm the same. I couldn't review a film, I don't think, because mm. to me, every film that gets made is a miracle. I'm, I cannot yeah. believe they made a film. Like, and they got all these people <laughs> together. They, they recorded it. Everyone mm -hmm. remembered their lines. The sets were there, like, and then they put it all together and edited it. I'm like, it's a miracle. It's a miracle that not more things went wrong. Like, I went to see Tess yeah. and people were kind of, you know, saying it was crap and people mm -hmm. were saying like, oh, it's Nolan's worst film or whatever. And I was just looking at it like, this is a miracle. Like, this is, I, I don't understand how human beings are able to do this. So yes. I, I wouldn't be a very good film reviewer. Did you <laughs> I, see what... Um, I'd see Jupiter yeah. Ascending and I'd be like, it's a miracle. <laughs> it's a triumph of cinema. Well, Jupiter Ascending actually is a miracle because yeah. like yeah. Channing Tatum's in it and also Eddie Redmayne, who I think at the time... Now I think he, he I think he filmed it before the Danish Girl, like way before, and then its its release was delayed. But he had just been nominated for an Oscar, so it was just like what, there are all these like really big actors along with kind of shit actors, yeah, and like yeah. everybody was in it, and it was so it was so over the top ridiculous. So yeah, yeah it was a miracle. Yeah, it's great. I love it. They're all miracles. Yeah. Did you see what Steven Soderbergh said about Mad Max Fury Road? No. He said, I don't understand how he filmed that film. If, if I was directing that film, I would still be filming it. Yeah, I was like, yeah. thank God someone else feels that way about stuff. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Like, I just, you know, there's, there's some quote I, I either read or heard recently by somebody, and they were saying that the, the success of your film or like everything to do with your film is decided on the day that you start recruiting people. Like, so once, once everybody's hired, it's decided then and there how your film's going to go like because mm. it's it's just people but then when you just think about how many people are involved in filmmaking and are involved in you know distribution and marketing and all of that i i don't know how any of them do it so then you know when, when you look at something even like the these ewok films and i'm like yes they're quite quaint and yes they're they're low budget and they're made for television but i'm like look at them out there making a little story that's lovely yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're like, they had a great time yeah, they had like, a great time. I'm not going to sit here and complain. I don't have to watch it. Like, <laughs> and, yeah. You know what? Like, as well, if I think about kind of similar features from the 80s, so like we've got Labyrinth and we've got The Dark Crystal, mm. because like Caravan of Courage does feel kind of like a Jim Henson movie. And it's probably the stop motion and the kind of like the, the, the costumes and the kind of puppetry. But it's way more innocent because you don't have like the horror of the Skeksis from The Dark Crystal. Yeah. And you also don't have the kind of creepy horror of David Bowie's weird relationship with 13-year-old Jennifer Connelly. Mm -hmm. like there's just such a purity to Caravan of Courage that like doesn't have any of these kind of problematic... And I'm waiting for somebody to be like, well, did you know actually that the man who played like Ewok 14 was actually like accused in the Me Too? Like, I, I mean, I'm sure that's true, but yeah. it seemed very pure at the time. So our last episode was about Return to Oz, which is also an 80s sequel to a very popular Oh, definitely way, film. Creep, way so creepier than Caravan of Courage. Oh, yeah, it's like night and day. Like, yeah. Mm. It's, Caravan of Courage seems really earnest and really... Like, that's good. Carlan says that my review of every film is well done to everybody for doing, doing something. Same. So that's kind of how I feel about Caravan of Courage. Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, look, 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 like, as a writer, I always feel like well done for getting past the beginning and middle because yeah. that's like mm. like when i try to think of like, like you know the plot of i can come up with incredible stories 66 percent 
and then I cannot come up with the end. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, yeah. it's amazing. They got there. They got rescued. They, I mean, like inevitably, everybody's happy ever after until apparently Battle for Endor, which I'll have to rewatch. Sounds like a horror <laughs> show. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, it, it's very surprising because I because uh, obviously I couldn't watch the full films online, so I was just watching some some clips that are up on YouTube, and it was like opening scene of the second one. It was like, oh, they're all dead. They've all been killed, uh, and now it's up to this young young lady, this young girl, to um, save them or or to do something, I suppose, to carry the plot of the film. Like, oh, <laughs> you're putting it on the youngest actor. Like, mm. it's, it's such a big thing for her. God bless her. Like, but they did so well. Everybody did so well, and it's funny. Like those, those. I mean, like they didn't. It's not. It's not like Star Wars level of they mm. did well, but you know. But um, the it, it is funny. Like when when I remember rewatching Labyrinth, I loved Labyrinth when I was a kid, and I was one of the few people I think who wasn't really afraid of it. There wasn't a lot in it that I was scared by. Mm -hmm, just, mm -hmm. Yeah, same. I just really enjoyed it. And then when I watched it as an adult, I was like, oh, you know, like all those really dark, inappropriate undertones, and actually becoming way more frightened by the puppetry and stuff as an adult than a child. Yeah. Mm. Whereas I think with Caravan of Courage, there's no undertones. It's just no. <laughs> it's all overtones. Yeah, yeah. subsexes right, for cowards. Right down yeah. the middle. Yeah. Here's a story. Mm. And I quite yeah, like yeah. that. I think in the times that we're living in, it's nice not to have to like dig too deep into like mm. the politics mm. of the Ewoks. You know. Yeah, mm. and and uh, you know what's really nice about it as well, like the bad guys are bad guys and the good guys are good guys. And there's no gray area. There's no, like, nobody's really trying to trick anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. There's, there's no, no moment where somebody turns around and is like, I thought you were on my side. You know, like in, like in Labyrinth when, like, Hoggle is basically double-crossing her the whole time because he's afraid of Jared. Mm. Jareth. Um, like, there's, there's none of that in Caravan of Courage. It's all very, sorry, my dog is now, like, absolutely trying to eat my hand for some <laughs> inexplicable reason that's enough oh. <laughs> he's looking very sad now do we have anything else to say doing, Alan? Uh, there are i think you probably hear them they're snoring quite loudly oh yeah well know. mine's mine's uh you might you might hear some heavy breathing um <laughs> i mean Ultimately, like, I think the takeaway for me and, and the advice I would give, although nobody's asked for any, but the advice I would give anybody considering watching Caravan of Courage is you need to go into it with an open heart and an open mind mm -hmm. and absolutely like not expect the kind of CGI that we're, expect, that we're watching now. Don't watch it with any little bastard kids because they're just going to ruin it for you and be like, this isn't as good as Frozen, basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't do that. And if you are the person to whom I lent my DVDs, I want them back. Mm -hmm. I think, like, really put that call out because yeah, yeah. I know. Who was it? Like, they are gold dust online. <laughs> I know, I know. I've no idea where they are. Unless also, like, I did yeah. go through a very furious Marie Kondo phase where I gave a whole load of things to charity, but I really don't think I would have given them away. No, like donated they, them. They obviously spark joy. Like you can't, you can't. They do spark joy. Like, oh no, this. Thank you, and then. <laughs> putting it away yeah. <laughs> don't need that they spark so much joy and and something that's upsetting is that you know when i was reading about the because uh, because I, I knew obviously you love these ewoks and i was reading you know some 
YouTube comments, people was like, oh yeah, I, I have the two DVDs, blah, blah, blah. And then they'd go on to just completely trash the film. And I'm like, I don't like that this guy has the DVDs. I don't like oh my God, uh, neither do yeah. I. Yeah, I don't like that. I think the DVDs should be redistributed to the people who to enjoy. people who love them. Yeah, because mm. they're, they're, a, they're a finite resource. Like there's only so yeah. many of them in the world. But like probably... Disney Plus get after arse and actually put them on yeah. Disney Plus, which they I'm should. Because they, yeah. they have every single other piece of Star Wars material on there, so... It should I'm wondering be there. if they will, or is there some like behind the scenes? Let's pretend that never happened. That's the I impression mean, I get. Is that yeah. like, oh, we don't really want to push the the Ewok films because they're sort of seen as being a bit naff or whatever. Mm. I'm like, yeah, stand by them. You know, you you made them. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. like like Disney has bigger problems than these two like yeah. enjoyable crap movies. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of weird crap movies on Disney Plus from the '80s and '70s and '80s. Like, yeah, put the Ewoks on there. It's not going to do anyone any harm. It's not problematic. Hello, puppy. <laughs> Vicious. <laughs> oh, he's beautiful. Yeah. So there we go. Rosemary, uh, plug all your stuff for us. Oh, um, I have a podcast with my sister called Not Without My Sister, where we chat about um, random things and basically slag each other off the whole time. And people seem to be really enjoying it because we don't really mention politics or the pandemic because we don't know anything about either of those things. <laughs> so we just talk about random Fair. stuff. Um, I do have another much neglected podcast called How To Be Sound, where I interview people who I think are sounder than I am, which gives me a finite resource of people to interview. Uh, and I write for paying subscribers, money, 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 on uh, patreon.com slash Rosemary McCabe. Cool. Andrea, where can we find your stuff? Um, I am on and at Andrea Cleary underscore. Recently got rid of Instagram. So don't have that anymore. Um, and I've just started a newsletter on Substack. You can look at it on my uh, Twitter or you can go to, I think it's substack.com slash Andrea Cleary. And it's free or you can buy me a pint. Uh, oh, also I have a podcast, Another Nine, where we review music every week. Cool. Uh, I'm Alan underscore McGuire everywhere. Juvenalia is Juvenalia underscore pod on Twitter. Juvenalia pod on Instagram. We also have a Patreon. There's a lot of bonus episodes up there including one with the Tall Tales intern about Hamilton, where we get an actual young person's opinion on stuff. Uh, <laughs> actual young person. <laughs> I am 20 years older than her. It is terrifying. Yes. It's very scary, but it was fun. Um, thank you to Dean McDonald for our artwork. Uh, this is a Tall Tales podcast. And uh, thank you to Rosemary McCabe for teaching us all about Ewoks. Thank you. <laughs> My very limited not. I'm like, they're cute. They're so cute. <laughs> Didn't they all do well? Mm-hmm. Didn't they all do great Didn't for themselves? They all do yeah. Didn't they all do Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. Great. Thanks, Rosemary. Oh, Bye, everybody. That was fun.